Passing Dimes is over the moon to partner with BetStamp. BetStamp is a mobile app in the sports betting space that shows you the odds from every sports book in one spot. Do you enjoy betting on the NHL, the NBA, the NFL, World Cup, or more? With BetStamp, you can compare the best available odds at one sportsbook versus the worst odds at another sportsbook all in one place. Go to the App Store today and download BetStamp for free and use code DIMES, that's D-I-M-E-S. For a limited time, BetStamp is offering you, a friend of the show, an opportunity to learn more about BetStamp and several sportsbooks where you can get an edge in online sports betting. Message the Passing Dimes Instagram or Facebook account for more information. Hello and welcome back to Sharp Cuts. My name is Garrett May alongside Josh Nickel. As always, and welcome back to the show. We are back. Josh, we are on the hottest streak we've been on ever. Week after week, we are back with mediocre content for all of you. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, we got we got we got some announcements to get through, Josh. Like we got a few things going on. You're gonna have to help me out though, because you're the organization guy. I'm the hype guy. So what do we gotta say before we even get into our guests in the episode? You're you're coming in hot. Like if you are the hype guy, like A plus to start right now. I I don't Thank know. You. I like even I'm a little suspenseful. I don't know what you're talking about. You're talking about all the comments we're getting, all the views and downloads we're getting. Like it seems like the audience is growing. Is that what you're excited for? Yes, but there's another thing. We we're up to something. You and me are up to something and we're putting out a full notice to friends of the show josh and i are planning clown of the week hoodies so we need your help to get in the comments and let us know if you want to be a part of this reach out to us we're looking for sponsors are we looking for sponsors josh it's not so much a sponsor as we're gonna have friends of the show and you can buy your way to be in a friends you can't buy friendship gear you can buy friends Perfect. of the show buy your way on the hoodie yes Absolutely. So you can, you can buy your way on the hoodie. We don't have prices yet. Listen, this is early, early going. So relax, everybody, okay? Don't rush to go, oh no, rush to comment right now. Anyways, we're hype about that. We're hype about today's guest, Josh, because you often get the guests on the show. You're kind of the organization guy. But this week, I figured, let me take a crack at it. And it's so easy. This guest just walked into my home. Like, I don't know how you struggle every week. Like, guests just walk into my house. So, please welcome to the show, assistant coach at UFT, former head coach of the Manitoba women's team at the Canada Summer Games, gold medalist, and a full-on doctor, Alex Cron. Welcome to the show, Alex. How are you doing today? Hi, everyone. I'm really excited to be here. Um, already, my face hurts from laughing and smiling. So, just really excited to be here. And thanks so much, uh, Sharp Cuts, for having me. Okay, immediately, Al, you're going to have to just, like, cut the cut through the bull because it's super polite, political answer, but this is sharp cuts. This isn't passing dimes. You give Josh the pleasantries. You give us the nonsense. And the one thing we should also note for our viewers is we are in the same room. We are absolutely in the same I don't know if you can tell that we're in the same room, but we are in the same room. But we went with two cameras just in case, you know? You want to have the beautiful face on camera. So welcome, Al, to the show. Okay. We got a lot to talk about today. So first off, I wanted to start off by burying Ontario. Um, now that I'm a, a man of BC, I mean, I've moved on, Josh. We got to bury Ontario. So as I mentioned in Al's intro, gold medalists at the Canada Summer Games this past summer. We talked about it. Dominant Manitoba women's team on the indoors, and Al was the head coach, and it was basically all coaching. But did you know, Josh? 
She applied to the Ontario job and was respectfully passed over. And then she went to Manitoba head coach and dominated. So, I mean, what do you have to say for your entire province, Josh? Well, I was wondering what the connection was as a BC guy celebrating Manitoba that beat Ontario because that's such an Ontario thing to do just to assume anything west of us is the west. So you were like like putting in Manitoba with BC, but I see the connection now. You, you can tell I'm she, already there, right? That's, yes. that's how you know. Yeah. But uh, I was unaware that she applied for the Ontario job. Yeah, hindsight, ooh, that's, that's a tough one because I think Ontario... Was that maybe their worst loss in recent history? I know they finished fourth when Winnipeg hosted the games. They took a fifth at home. Like, that's not a good look. And to know that the uh, gold medal winning coach wanted to be a part of it, and you said, nah, see you later. That's some good behind Are the scenes. We're like breaking news, right Garrett. Now? Like, can we get a formal apology from you to Alex? I don't know if I speak for the entire province of Ontario, but if I do, Garrett, for the ones that you I do. do, Alex, I would like to sincerely apologize for overlooking you. I'm glad you could have your revenge game and take it down in Ontario and, you know, beat up on the other provinces. Manitoba, first Canada Games win in, in how many cycles? It's That's a big... Oh, we, we're actually known for winning Canada Summer Games. So we won the last cycle. The cycle before that, we got a bronze. Okay, and the so cycle before that, I was actually playing, and we also won a gold that year. So, scared. it so, sounds like you and I could have coached that team to a gold medal. It sounds like that's... <laughs> well, hang on. You missed a key piece there in the humble brag from Alex, is that not only did she coach the team to victory, a few cycles ago she played and they also won. So it seems like there's a history of dominance, but only when there's a cron part of the program, it sounds like. Well... I mean, and we, we did beat Ontario, so I also feel like that's important content to mention here. So, for lack of anyone else to bury with it, we're burying you, Josh, so take it here. Early, early burying for Ontario's losses. Feel it. I, I don't think I have permission from Jimmy, Natasha, and Matt, and the other coaches that were part of it. But, uh, you know, if, if they want me to speak up for them, Garrett, I will, I will full-on take it. It was, it was a tough loss, but uh, congratulations to Manitoba. They deserved it. There, I just Gosh. answered for what Jimmy would say. You two are being so respectful <laughs> to start this episode. Like, stick around because we are okay, going here, downhill. Okay, here, here, let me, let me have a sharp cut. Let me be the pessimist Ontario person. Maybe, Garrett, maybe we lost because our best 20 players were at NCAA already getting prepared for their season, and the Manitoba girls don't go to the NCAA. Let me be the typical Ontario hat person. Don't clip this, Garrett. Don't fancy edit this. I'm clipping it and posting it on Instagram like you buried me, Josh. When I was a part of the Tebow program, that was always the answer on the women's side. It's like, oh, well, we, we lose all these players to the NCAA. Like, we're competing with our, our next tier of athletes. It's not fair Garrett but uh, I think it's the same same for all provinces so I don't know why we feel that way but anyways that that would be my my knee-jerk reaction Garrett to defend Ontario was we probably had probably 80 athletes 90 100 athletes going to the oh, NCAA oh, oh. <laughs> fun fact in uh, the lead-ups actually to our Canada Summer Games tryouts we had about 70 athletes out at the various uh, various uh, sports camps that we did so um, shocking I know but like Manitoba came out in numbers um, for this team too so that that was exciting and I, I feel like I just need to say like first off there's absolutely no need to apologize everything works out the way it needs to I'm a firm believer in that and I, I wasn't meant to take that role and clearly okay. I was meant for okay. Yeah, clearly. Okay. Right. That's clear, but what also is clear is that you're not really getting the sharp cuts idea here, Alex. No. Yeah, we're, we're not careful. A passing dimes episode is going to break out any minute here. Yeah, this like we're going to have some deep conversation <laughs> where you two are going to talk about volleyball philosophies and life story. I'm not interested, okay? People don't come here for passing dimes. They come here for sharp cuts, the A show. 
Josh. Okay, so we're getting the hang of things, and so let's let's quickly segue into something we can all maybe try to bury, or I I don't know, because we got a lot to talk about today. We're gonna get to players of the week and clowns of the week. We're gonna get to some comments. We're gonna get to some other stuff. We got a lot of stuff to cover, but relevant. Alex came here and wasn't just sitting on her rear end all day, like doing stuff. Come to visit family, yeah, but doing stuff in Vancouver. So Al, today you went to. And I don't even know what they're called, so I'm not. Should I bury them and just guess at the name of what these things are? Yes, absolutely. Okay, okay, I'm gonna, okay. Yes. They are called Center for High Performance Excellence. So the the C H the Chipe C H P E's, where they do these groups with training groups all over Canada, and at, at, should I? Did you just bury them or did they just bury you? Because that's absolutely incorrect. Well, I I don't even know what they are. So you're going to have to help me and anyone else listening who doesn't know what we're talking about to what the heck these things are. Anyone listening doesn't know what you're talking about because that's such a poor description. But take it from the top here, Alex. Tell us where you were today. Yeah, so today I was actually visiting uh, the National Excellence Program, which I do feel like a lot of people who are invested in Canadian volleyball know about. Essentially, it's it's a program that, uh, you know, brings in athletes from across the country, you know, like probably in between the ages of 15 up until 18. These are high school aged athletes who come out and who train in Richmond at the Oval and learn from some of the best and brightest coaches in our country. So it's a really neat opportunity. And actually today when I was there, I was trying to get more information. And apparently they are hoping eventually one day to actually have rep programs. So regional excellence programs. So I think it's an interesting concept and I'd be really intrigued to see how that'll work out and how that will all go. Okay, so two things are becoming clear. One is that Al is raising the intelligence level of the the Sharp Cuts community here just by being here. But two, Al has practiced this that speech obviously yeah. ten times. Like what? What did we just talk about that? Yeah. What What did you do all day other than just prep that? Right? Because that was like yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. I oh, was at okay. practice. I oh, was at, this is a, hey, this I is was at you practice. You know, I'd periodically shake a few balls and run out, go to the bathroom, look at myself in the mirror <laughs> and go over that shtick. And, you know, I purposefully asked these questions so that today when I was on this show. Yeah, this was the highlight. I would know how to accurately and appropriately contextualize the NEP program. Okay. So, like, I mean, <laughs> every, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. So they have pretty nap. Good. National Excellence Program, and they're also looking for REP, Regional Excellence Program. But, so, won't that get confusing when people go to refer to their REP team? Uh, which team is it? Is it their their rep, the, the REP, or the REP? Because, you know, people say that all the time. Oh, I play, I play REP soccer, or I play REP volleyball. Well, you're shaking uh, your head, John. You, I don't think that terminology that. is... I, I, I've heard it for hockey and soccer. I don't think that term has worked its way into volleyball, where you would say when you played for Crush, you played club volleyball. You never said you played rep volleyball. No, you didn't. I never did, but I, a lot of people did. Absolutely, a lot of people did. People who, who didn't know <laughs> Who, who play soccer and rep. hockey. Yeah. They, they, no, but yeah, like they, people are like, oh, I have rep volleyball. People who don't know, no rep. <laughs> so regional excellence program. Okay, but I'm immediately sus on this National Excellence Program. How many are there? Josh, do you know the numbers? National Excellence Program? There's one, Garrett. There's a men's in Gatineau, and there's one in Richmond for the women. There's one. 
and they take what between. Is here? It's a national program. They they train with Carolyn, and they also yeah, get like Shannon are, to drop one in, in and other Waterloo, They're starting them up no, all over. No, 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 okay. And the Gatineau one is run by what Dan Lewis. Then? So, Garrett, you're thinking of what was called the Center of Excellence, and those were, like, things that were run all over Canada. And I hosted one at Georgetown College, and I was the coach there. And those were, like, you morning You hosted posts. one? Yeah, that was a long day. I would coach. That that was really where my coaching journey started. I would coach VCE from 6 to 8. I would go to my job, and then I would coach uh, either George Brown or club at night. So I was coaching, like, between four and six hours a day. It was pretty awesome, but it was very fatiguing. But anyways, the Center of Excellence program doesn't exist anymore. It's then been amalgamated to the National Excellence program, and it sounds like Shannon and Dan and the other national team staff are looking to then encourage the provinces and get more people going with regional excellence programs. But uh, they take between, I think, like 16 and 20 athletes. I might be popping off there. There's probably 18 there today, Alex. What do you think? Like maybe. Yeah, actually I counted 18 and I think there were a couple that were injured and maybe not even there. So, but who was in the gym today? There were 18 athletes total. So and okay. Garrett, the athletes have to fuller. apply. They have to submit video and like, yeah. it's a big sacrifice. Like the, like say you're from Ontario, say you're Garrett May, you would move to Gatineau for first semester. So you would technically be missing your first semester of maybe senior year, if you're in grade 12, to go play volleyball and do half day school. See, you would love it. And then I believe, uh, because a lot of provinces, their club season starts in January. The NEP doesn't overlap in January. So you would then return to your normal high school, your normal club team, and you would play out the season. But it gives you a little bit of taste of national team experience get to go back to your club you know be the best player hopefully have a great post-secondary career and then rejoin the national team in the summers or whenever that time comes okay so this is full learning here for me i uh i didn't know any of these things so there was center for excellence that was everywhere and then they smushed it into national excellence program one place and then now they want to redistribute that to a regional excellence program. So we've come, we're coming full circle. Well, that was very surface level. I don't know what ended the Center of Excellence, but I feel like there was a weird pause between when the Center of Excellence ended and when the NEP started. It wasn't like uh, they canceled okay. one and started the other the next month. I think there was a, so there was a bridge. So what is the difference between this thing and the junior national team? Uh, more training. I mean, they get to be in a gym with Alex and Carolyn and other coaches that I'm sure drop in periodically, like every morning, like they're on sand and, or excuse me, on sand. I wish <laughs> they, they were on sand. I be, wish they were on they sand. They don't get they're the privilege court. of being in a training environment with Alex. They're, okay? they're they don't on, get that yeah. as part of it. You, you got to earn that. It's like, it's video. Work, you need way video more years will, before you get to that. Conditioning. Like they're basically a national team athlete while still going to high school. Okay. Yeah. So do you have that going for beach? No. So, I mean, I mean, it's a bit uh, of a sensitive topic for you, it sounds like. <laughs> so maybe you should be picking Al's brain about some things that you should be bringing over to your program, Josh. Yeah, maybe Alex and Shannon and Carolyn will come on Passing Dimes and they can explain it. Al, and then, I saw uh, you're about to interrupt Josh and you hesitated. Please don't hesitate to interrupt either Josh or myself. No, no, we, like... You are more indulgent. I just feel like we need to clarify something. Like, I popped in today because... I was told it would be appropriate. I am not running the program. I have nothing to do with the program. It is Volleyball Canada's program. It is Shannon Windsor's, Carolyn O'Dwyer, Sandra Lamb. It's, you know, not. I am not actually associated with the program in You're any associated. way. That's not what I am. It was a really yeah. neat opportunity to just like check in and see what, you know, Volleyball Canada is doing. So I feel like we need it's, to get that straight. Well, but let me also- It's pretty impressive you're they, gonna be in charge of the first regional center here in Toronto. It sounds really <laughs> Yes, exciting, that's but, really uh, great. And yeah. let me also get something straight. 
you pop into one national excellence program session for a limited time, you're now the expert on that topic yeah. in terms of sharp cuts. Sharp cuts perspective. You know everything there is to know, and that's right. the final say. So Got it. that's how we roll here. So yeah, you're absolutely associated with that program. So uh, so how's it going with that program, Al? Like how, you know how how are they doing? <laughs> I had a great time today. To be honest with you, it was just really wonderful. I always love the opportunity to be in the gym with coaches and learning from them and their different styles and ways of doing things, and you know just observing. Like it's such a it's such a wonderful opportunity to be able to like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And like, what happened there and what's going on? And just, it's nice. You know, I like a classic coach, like talk way too much and often, you know, ramble on about stuff. So to be able to just take a step back and just observe was, was really wonderful. Some really cool drills that they're doing, you know, and just, it's just always great to be around awesome volleyball and awesome coaches. I don't know, man. When I hear really cool drills, I hear silently sitting there judging the ludicrous drills that are being run at a national excellence. Maybe that's me projecting, but that's what I would be sitting there doing. Judging literally every single, come on, watching another coach's practice. You're, you're telling me you're, like you're Josh, you're not, you must be the king of this sitting there watching somebody else practice and judging their drills harshly. Come on. No, I'm probably I'm stealing. You're, you're not a lifelong learner like me, Garrett. I'm always learning, stealing, borrowing. Yeah, you're just jealous, it sounds like. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, we've long established <laughs> I'm a bitter, jealous, washed up, has been. But I'm not the only one. I can't be the only one out there, right? I can't be the lone has been. Come on. Actually, I think that's a really important thing that you bring up. I think there's actually... Four... Me being a has been? Yeah, of course, because it's all about... <laughs> That's the important piece? It's all about you, Garrett. So, yes. So, so, but if you would allow me, if you would permit me to say that, you know, I think there is a lot of judgment of coaches out there. And I think uh, we'd be far better off to, you know, ask questions and be curious, not judgmental. Hashtag Ted Lasso. It would be good. You're right. But some of us aren't interested in good. Some of us are interested in bad. It seems wow. like. Wow. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Two seconds ago, we were getting razzed for being too politically correct and philosophical yes. and deep. Yes. And here's Garrett May, folks, yes. introducing morality on a Sharp Cuts podcast. Hmm. Whoa. Was not going the morality route because wow. we are not. Listen. If we you're going to bring up good and bad, that's morality. Well, I didn't mean it that way. See, oh. this is why we can't have doctors on the show, out because they're just going to no. call us out on all of our shit, and we're just not prepared for it. We can't handle it. So, okay. I'm, I mean, we'll have to see how this goes. So, you know, host is going to have to segue away from this to avoid further embarrassment. So, let's get into everybody's favorite segment of the week, something everybody can agree on. It's, it's Players and Clowns of the Week. Okay? I mean, it's everybody's favorite segment. We've confirmed this now. So let's get into it. So Alex, I think is mostly, mostly prepared, but also was unprepared for it. So I think I'll go first, Josh, and break the ice with the players of the week. Also to not risk you taking any of my players of the week. So to bury you suddenly. I think I'm safe this so, week. So you go ahead. Okay. I think you're safe too, because I went wow. Okay. So Obviously, when researching the show, you always take a look at the stat lines. I mean, it's a low-hanging fruit. It's a go-to. I saw a couple that stuck out to me. In the UFT men versus Brock men game, Evan Falardo went 23-8 on 47. I mean, Falardo, that's a, that's a big game. He missed five serves. 
So I don't know. You you be the judge on that. But a big offensive game. So congrats to him on a big win for UFT. But on the other side, Josh, you know we ne- we we don't often highlight this. Jacob Furland goes 14-0-16. So that you got to find a way to get that guy more sets. You know what I'm saying? Like good Absolutely. for him, but also like in a loss, you go 14 for 16. Like hey, good for him, but also like set the guy more. Like feed the beast, right? That'd be an so acceptable are... time to go like 24 on like 35. Like you got to get him way more volume. I know he's a middle, but like come on. Yeah, like force the shoot from like the back line. Who cares? He's going 14 for 16. You could set him and he gets blocked five times and he's still hitting better percentage than most of the squad. So find that guy. So, I mean, those are two of my players of the week. So Al's kind of getting how the low hanging fruit goes, but she's definitely not going in that direction. But I do also have to give a player of the week. And Josh, you probably didn't see this because you don't go on our YouTube channel. So... Like, you maybe need to do that more so you can just get some connection with the fans. So I got to give a player of the week to Jeff Stewart. Jeff, thank you, man. Following the show, we have refs in our corner, Josh, I think. Most of them hate us, specifically me. But some of them like us. And Jeff likes us. So Jeff, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the rule. Remember the substitution thing? We talked about making actually making the hand signal and how a down ref was getting on my team's case for not making the hand signal for a sub. So Jeff clarifies, puts in a comment on the video, quotes the rule book, Josh. Found the rule on it and quotes it to clarify. So let's set the record straight with thanks to Jeff Stewart. So the actual request for substitution starts at the moment of entrance to the substitute player's zone, ready to play during interruption. So you don't need to do it, but, but this is interesting. The coach does not need to make a substitution hand signal except if the substitution is for injury or before the set. So that is interesting to note because one of the situations where we got hassled for not making the sub signal was on an injury sub. So that was correct, but the other time we were hassled to do it was incorrect. So there's a little lesson for all of you out there. If you got an injury sub, you have to make the hand signal, it seems like. Maybe Jeff needs to clarify my interpretation of the rule, but that's how it looks, right? Like, I'm not crazy. I read that verbatim. That's just top tier by Jeff. Thank you so much, Jeff. Absolutely, Jeff. Player of the week. I think I also have given Jeff player of the week a long time ago just for subscribing. So this is, I think, Jeff's second player of the week. He really earned this one, though. So I'm curious, Jeff. what would be the situation if not injury to sub a player before the set? Like, do we start Garrett so he gets to wave to his parents in the crowd and say, hey, like he gets to play. And then and then on second thought, you're like, we can't risk one point here. Let's get him off. Like, what are we doing with that sub? Or you absolutely blew the lineup card. I guess like, you need it out in case you mix you up. You blew the lineup card and you're going to be like, ref, like, save me. <laughs> I got to make the sub call. Get him out of here. I blew it. Right. So that's when you need to embarrass yourself, I think. That is really just for embarrassment, that rule. Like, why? Why does, at the start of the game, do you need to make the signal? I Comment below, because I want to know when that situation needs to come up. Yeah, well, I mean, did it ever happen to you, Josh? You ever blew the lineup card? 
So one of our players once suggested, uh, because at some years at George Brown, we weren't very strong and we really needed to match our setter against their weaker left side, or it was just going to be a short night, Garrett. So he suggested that we just put like people out there, like a different setter and right side. And then when we knew where their P2 was, you sub in your starting setter and your starting right side. But then you're like, you're you're down a sub, Garrett. So then you're like kind of locked in a little bit. But that was one suggestion. I was like, maybe that's like the one time you use it. But I never did. Never did. That would be a wild move. I thought you were saying like you put six different guys out there. Like, Use all six to off see, the hop. Yeah, to, to see where they they set up. And then you get the perfect matchup with a full six substitutions before the game's even started. But then their coach doubles down and then does another six sub. He does the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, see, look, at this is the type of content we need to get in our sport, Josh. That type of competitiveness. You gotta do that in a game sometime. It has to, has to happen. Okay, <laughs> that's my players of the week. <laughs> All right. Um, we're, we're, okay, Al, are you ready or should we throw it to Josh? Are you worried he's gonna take yours? I doubt he's gonna take mine. Okay. So go okay. ahead, Josh, if you want. Oh, okay. So, Garrett, I, I have one that we all dream of in our glory days is how much volleyball can we milk out of one weekend? So I'll give it out to David Kiswa. David Kiswa spent Friday doing physical testing at the Beach National Team tryout and interviews and other things. And then Saturday shows up, two hour and a half sessions being evaluated, playing with different guys, doing different skills. Oh, and then by the way, Garrett, he leaves Saturday afternoon to go play an OCAA game for George Brown where he goes 15-5 and 40 just to return on Sunday to finish up the beach tryout. I I don't know if he did anything other than volleyball from Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Full national team tryout on the beach. Full game with George Brown. Unfortunately, they lost 3-1 to Seneca. But if he would have won that game, I think that's like our perfect weekend when we were younger and still able to do this. That I don't know how he did a full tryout and got set 40 times. But David Kiswa, player of the week for if I was your age, I'd be very jealous. I mean, congrats, David. He also texted me um, this past week just kind of crazily because it's crazy that a guy I coached in club played with my cousin, then goes to George Brown, where we both used to coach. We're neither there anymore. But all, like, friends of ours are there coaching now, including Luke Sim, who went to Birchmount, who, where we practiced with the club. It's, it's a, honestly too small a world. And the fact he's trying out for Beach now with you, there's some connection there with you. It's an absolute mess, Josh. So congrats, David, on a great weekend. And for 15, 5, and 40, like, that's a, that's a great weekend. That's a, I would take that. Not bad, not bad. Do you have a connection to David Al? Because that would just totally send this whole thing for I have a loop. No idea who you're talking. About. Sorry, Dave. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, sorry. sorry David. Sorry. No. I'm sure you're wonderful. Okay. Well, you know something had to give. So, okay. Congrats, <laughs> player of the week. <laughs> okay, Al. Over to you. Well, I'm not gonna pick a player. I'm gonna pick a coach because I study coaches and I coach, and that's important to me. So. I'm going to give my player of the week to uh, Carolyn O'Dwyer, who's doing a fantastic job with the NEP program. And I'm actually going to give a player of the week also to Sandra Lamb, who invited me to come today. And I'm going to give a third player of the week to Christine Drakich because she's just the GOAT. She's the greatest of all time. And yeah, that's three players of the week right there. Okay, but we need to break it down now. You can't just throw three out there and what? see what sticks to the wall. Like, okay, so Carolyn and Sandra? Yeah. Okay, because of the NEP. Yes. They're running it. You got invited. Yeah. You, you liked what you saw enough. Absolutely, yeah. They're doing a great job. I mean, enough really isn't the question. They're doing a fantastic job. It's great 
again, to see the way in which they're engaging and, and helping to grow the sport of volleyball in Canada. So hats off to them. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. And then of course, Christine is just, you know, you know, part of the reason who I am, the, the person I am today, part of the reason that I'm the coach I am today, you know, part of that gold medal this summer goes to her for like years of dedicated mentorship. And I'm going to say, yeah, I just, I just want to throw it out to there to her because she's uh, super important to me. So, yeah. Okay. So a couple of players of the week. Yeah. And then really a player of the, the life. Player of the, yeah, of the of the of the year. Yeah. Player of the of the of the long term situation here, which is a first for the players of the week segment to go such long term with it, and give such a strong shout out. I'm not going to shoot it down. This is a segment about positivity. So congrats to all three of Al's players of the week. None of them actual players, but we don't care on this show. So congrats, coaches, whatever. So awesome. Look at all this positivity, everybody. Are we feeling good? We're halfway through the episode. Are we feeling happy now? Because we're about to tear it down. <laughs> good. So let's get into everybody's real favorite segment of the week. Yeah. Is it's Clowns of the Week. Oh, yeah. So what order do we want to go in here? Okay. I, who's feeling really good about theirs? You're feeling good, Al. Okay, so you... So I feel, no, like no. I, should, I feel like you saved the best for last. Yes. And I feel like that would be a great way to take us into the next, you know, 30 Definitely. or so minutes. So I'll go last, yeah. Oh, 31. We'll see how long this clowns take. Because Josh, Josh loves to go on a rant. So I hope there's a Josh rant. So let's save the no, best for last. pretty soft. With Al. Gosh, then you go first, man. If you got a soft one, damn. So mine, mine becomes an assist. Uh, Lucas has been commenting on a few other things, Garrett. He reached out. Uh, he was watching the Guelph uh, TMU. And, and TMU, Garrett, they're, they're pretty famous for, you know, strong communications program. You usually have a good live stream. You usually have good broadcasters. Well, anyone who watched TMU versus Guelph, Garrett, the scoreboard, it didn't take up quite a third of the screen, but maybe we'll say like a fifth of it at the top. So, yes, you're watching and they switch camera angles, the side view. Imagine they set the left side who's on the left side of the screen and the ball just disappears underneath the scoreboard so again we've commented on like growing the sport it's great that OUA TV's free broadcasting but what an absolute jabroni absolute clown move to put the scoreboard where the ball disappears every rally into the block of the scoreboard so shout out to Lucas for bringing this to my attention I wasn't even watching the game and it annoyed me Garrett well why stop there though because if we're going to be that annoying <laughs> Let's add like a Swiss cheese filter onto the screen for games so you can only see bits and pieces. If it's a boring game, it'll make it really exciting because you say, oh, where's the ball going to come out next? Like, what's going to happen? So, I mean, I support that. Boring game? Cut, cut. Maybe they weren't happy with the product. They're like, just make the scoreboard bigger. Like, they just can't just have them see this and what's happening behind it. I don't think it was a boring game. Guelph came into the week nationally ranked, and then TMU, who wasn't, beat them both times. The reverse sweep on Saturday night. So I'm sure a lot of people were entertained. I'm sure a lot of the uh, former Ryerson, now TMU fans, the Ramley, were really, or bold, whatever they're calling themselves this week, Garrett. Anyways, I'm sure they were entertained until the scoreboard took up a good chunk of where the volleyball action is. Okay, so we had a good laugh, but if we're looking critically at that one, it is a pretty soft, pretty soft cloud given to you by somebody else. <laughs> it wasn't even yours. It was hand given to you. So I should say that, and here here we go. Um, my my cloud we got to do with Trent as well. Or we talk TMU? Is that Trent? No, that was uh, formerly Ryerson, Toronto Metropolitan University. Right. Awkward pause. 
Moving on. Um, okay, so mine doesn't have to do with DMU. It has to do with Trent. Um, so the a few weeks ago, we talked about the, how they keep stats now with the team category. So this was the worst team category stat line I've ever seen. Trent, as a team, apparently, was, was terrible. They went one, three errors on five total attempts with six reception errors as a team, which, Josh, makes absolutely no sense to me how you attribute one kill, three errors on five total attacking attempts to the whole team. So whoever didn't get those attributed to them, they're probably happy. Their stats are looking better because the whole team has to wear that one. So that weirded me out completely. Do you have any idea, Al, what they're doing with that team stat thing? We talked about it a while ago. We didn't figure it out. Uh, again, I got to be honest here. Like, uh, we don't have anything to do with that team okay. stat thing because okay. at U of T, we are supported in that capacity. So uh, I no comment about the team stat thing other than that I don't think it's awesome. But I'm sure the people that are working behind it are trying to do their best. So That's a good point. We should be nice to them. Otherwise, they may bury us further in the stats. They might just fudge it and make us look worse. So good job, guys. Um, okay. Um, I do have... I do have two more clowns of the week, Josh. I'm, I'm on a roll. Whoa. So first, well, second, actually, is, and this is a possible one. It, it's the first Schrodinger's clown of the week. It both is and isn't at the same time. Context matters, Josh. So my possible clown of the week is Josh Nickel. Because I took a look at the setting distribution for the York Lions this weekend you on the bench, right? Were no, you on the no, bench? I was at the Beach National Team trial. Okay, okay. So you are off the hook yeah. for this Clown of the Week, Josh, because you had no part of it. One player got about 50% of the offense. About 50%. So. Well, we also touched on this in previous episodes, Garrett. How much power does an assistant coach really have? You think I'm the one talking to the setter in the timeout saying yes. what to do? You think Dave is letting me handle that? Yes. No. Yes, not absolutely. A, not a chance. It's Josh Nick. You're Josh frickin' Nickel. Like, let's go. <laughs> I'd listen to you. Maybe not. Okay, so Gary, not what if you had an that. assistant coach that every time you talk, there'd be somebody over your shoulder? Oh, and one more thing, guys. One more thing. Like, there would be no assistant coach in U Sports doing that. So I'm not even going to try to do that. Yeah, well, I'm a bit of an ass. So I'm a bad example of how would I react is not how you should react. So I'm not even going to answer that. But then this this one intrigued me. So I was taking a look at the stats, as I do, and I discovered something. On the league leaders page between the men's and the women's U sports, they show the top five for each category, right? Um, and so I was comparing them because I was like, well, I mean, I spent a lot of time looking at the men's like back when I played. What's the, what's the women's look like? And all categories, the top five players, look basically the same distribution between one and five after kind of the first half of play. You know, the same kills per set, the same hitting percentage, the same service aces, the same blocks per set, all the numbers. But there was one category that is way, way different, and that is digs. The digs per set on the women's game is two to three times higher in the top five players than it is in the men's game. So, clown of the week to the entire men's volleyball system in U-Sport for just objectively being bad at making digs. I, like, there's no... 
I that that's a logical conclusion from the statistical data. I don't know how else we can interpret that other than the men are bad at digs because they put it away at the same percentage. Hitting percentage was seemed to be the same. Kills per set seemed to be very similar. So what else can I conclude, Josh? And this extends to my greater point that women's volleyball is more exciting than men's volleyball. See, that, that last one you're trying to come in heavy, I don't think that's that's a hot take. I think the women's is a more skilled game, and they are better defenders, so therefore they get more digs here. The only out I have here, Garrett, is oh. if you're going to try to use stats. If you're going to try to use stats, if you look at KPIs in the men's volleyball game, digs actually are the lowest stat that correlate to winning. So they don't actually mean that much. You can get the most digs and not win the match. Like you, you got to get right. points. you got to get kills. you got to get blocks. Okay. Those are KPIs in the men's game that lead to winning, where the dig doesn't really correlate. So who cares? Let's go get some blocks. There some aces miss 15 serves and just play bully ball i will counter that with it's probably because they just don't make it any <laughs> so how like what's what's the difference between zero and one well not statistically significant but if you convert right? that dig into a kill that's a big category to win but just total right? digs yeah free ball it back like, over two to yeah. three times more digs josh oh i'm not denying the women's ball control is two to three times better than the men that i can get on board with absolutely Wow, I thought that would be a hot take, but I'm I'm getting it's getting well received. You've seen volleyball, right? Like they get they have way better rallies. <laughs> like wasn't Max Players of the Week last week a middle who got like seven digs in one rally? Name a men's middle who's gotten seven digs in one game. In one year. I was also what I was actually <laughs> looking for, and I'll let you two in on this. Is I was actually trying to find the guy with the lowest number of digs and most sets played on the first half of the season. So the lowest I saw was 11 digs in the entire first half in about 40 sets played, which, you know, is pretty bad. But there's a lot of guys with like 12 or 13 digs. So I was like, I don't know if I can single this one guy out, right? So I'll single them all out for being bad at digging. So, yeah, that's my clowns of the week. So I was a little bit nervous. I thought you'd be heated on me, but it seems like I'm getting well received. This is good. No, this is why the women play at six, because that's what the fans want to see. And if you if you enjoyed that enough, you stick around for the eight o'clock game. If not, they just kind of leave, Garrett. The attendance is always lower for the guys in the OUA for some reason. <laughs> Maybe the digs. The people come for the yeah. digs. I mean, what? Like somebody diving to keep a ball alive. Like, is that is that not exciting? Al, you're awfully quiet. Is it because you didn't make many digs? <laughs> Oh no! I absolutely made digs. I was a bit more of a defensive middle because that's that's, that's an how, oxymoron. That's how uh, that's how old I'm getting. So um, it's different back in my day. But no, I'm just uh, enjoying the the banter back and forth here, and um, it's interesting. It's interesting. This is also Al's first time listening to the show. It it well it's it's not. Oh, I've nice. I've listened to it before, and so on that note, I would like to uh, have the opportunity to say my clowns of the week yep. are you know shout out to Garrett May and Josh Nickel for this being the first time I've invited on this freaking podcast. All right, the show is like, over. How Cut long has it been going? <laughs> How long have I been hearing about sharp cuts and this and that and all oh, my podcast and oh, it's great and it's wonderful and it's, we should have you on sometime. That would be wonderful. Well, I mean, how many years, year and a bit are we into this? And uh, first invite today. And the expectation of me then to come on and just jump in and dive in and be aggressive and cut people down, yeah. like class A clown of the week, clowns of the week. Josh. 
That's right. I just called you both out. It's, well, if you'd listen to more of the show, you'd know it's not the first time that people come on and clown of the week us. I think we're in the top 10, at least, Josh. Gotta be in the top 10 clowns of the week, uh, for sure. Now, who's the clown here, though? Is it us for waiting 71 episodes before inviting you on the show? Or is it you for being our 71st pick? Ooh. No, that's harsh. Here's what I'll blame it on. Apparently I needed to win and complete a PhD before I was qualified enough, which, you know, really speaks a lot to the way in which we treat women in our system. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Too, too much? See, that one's not fair because we've tried to get female guests. That one's a bit of a reach. That one's a bit of a reach. Here's what we need to, if we're going to have this conversation, we need to just establish that we're not great at running this show. And are not that, pretending yeah. to be the best. Yeah. But we're trying here. So it took you being in my house. Yeah. I, I to get you on the show. Yeah. Which I think I think we gotta wear that one, Josh. I don't think there's another way around that. Oh, I was fully on board with the accountability till the the argument of men versus women. I don't think this is a male dominated show. I think this is a volleyball show and we try our best to get guests of all all disciplines, all genders, but uh yeah, we do our best. How? How? Well, here it's a bit sensitive, Al, because Josh is the guest guy. Oh, okay. And I I'm. It. I, I got it. Yeah. So is it clown? Is that, okay, I'm just me, really confused clearly we can't. Clearly, we can't joke about all things. We can we joke can. about some things, correct? But we can't joke about all things, especially because that was a more of a shot against I think women than it was against you. But that's also another sort of classic. So <laughs> anyway, it's interesting, but. Got it. Got it. Okay, that one's too 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 close for home. Too soon. Okay. Yeah, you can you can you can sharp cut us for things we can take, but the things we can't take, okay. you have to not right. sharp cut right. us for. Right. Right. Okay. Like you can't fully bury us, just mostly bury us. Okay. All so right. we, Josh I and I need to, to come back next make, week, and if we're I, I too buried, to we won't be able to run the show. Was I supposed to make a female coaching joke to double up on the joke? I don't understand why I was supposed to go. Yeah, like I was kind of hoping. Are we gonna double down? Like I, I thought it would. I thought it would take, but it didn't. So uh, clearly, that's a sensitive topic. Well, we don't know if it takes because Josh and I are sitting here going, "Oh shit, we we got to okay, okay." <laughs> and maybe our guest is like, "Yeah, yeah," <laughs> or maybe our, our <laughs> listeners are like, "Yeah, you you tell him, Al, you tell these those idiots." But then again, we don't know. Comment down below. Let us know what you think. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how warm the water is on that one. Uh, I'm gonna avoid it again. <laughs> yeah, we see Al. We there. I know we we talk about us being an open show, challenge things, sharp cuts, but just to have a sensitive moment, there are things that Josh and I are afraid of. <sighs> to get vulnerable with everybody here, mm-hmm. we are afraid of being embarrassed, so we put ourselves out there in an attempt to preempt that, and it doesn't always work. <laughs> Especially when Josh buries me on Instagram by cutting crucial context for things I say. Are you going to cut this too? Are you just going to cut Al and just bury us and then like leave leave all of anything we talk about afterwards out? Yeah, and then I can't wait for the comments of people who don't know it's a joke. And what, what words do we usually like use? Like uh, uh, tenacious, maybe she's a tenacious female coach. Garrett, what are some other words? Aggressive? Like what, what words would come up in the chat here? I think they'd be more directed at us. Think so? Okay. <laughs> About Al. Those idiots. 
opinionated. Yeah. We got an opinionated guest tonight, Garrett. I think that's what we have here. Well, the funny thing was, too, it was a comment about broader society, and the fact that you took it so personally is also kind of interesting to me, because it wasn't, it wasn't directed at you. It was actually just directed at the way in which, you know, the world works, which if you're, you know, a person who's had to really work hard to prove your worth, then you, you probably understand that, so... It's well, no, I just don't think it's it's accurate on this show. Plus, I was just at Volleyball Canada meetings, and it, it comes up every year because our sport is largely female participation, but very male-dominated in coaching. But if you want a sharp cut and argue it, would we argue what gender a math teacher is? Like, why does it matter what gender your coach is? Yeah, I, I think that's typically the argument for the group that hasn't ever been on the margins or doesn't understand what it's like to be on the margins. So... You, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it, it's really, really actually crucially important that we do have more representation. But to your point, and I like where you're going, and I hope this is where you're going, you know, you can't just have representation. You also have to have support in place so that when you do get, you know, more women in sport coaching, hopefully, there's actually support for them. Because if you put them in those places with no support, then we can just forget about it. But um, if you're making an argument for whether or not gender matters, again, I, I think I'm not going to touch that one. I'm just going to leave that because it seems to have struck a bit of a chord and I don't see it going anywhere productive in the next, you know, 10 minutes. So we, know, we only have 10 more minutes, Garrett. Well, hey, I told you we were on a time limit. <laughs> well, I'm just wondering who's hosting the show here, Garrett, but that's all. I'm well, asking. I'm wondering do it now too, because I, I'm totally in my shell and uh, okay. Host, host re-engaging, host re-engaging. Um, yes, so we are on a time limit. And Josh, you know, we talk a lot about trying to get deep and cut sharp, but are we really prepared to do so? I mean, I think that's something, some homework for us to take home. Comment down below if you watch the show to really see Josh and Garrett embarrass themselves and be vulnerable. Or if you want like the surface level and don't go any deeper because we, we don't actually know the answer to that. So we do get some comments though from people about other stuff which I would like to talk about because I feel like we should answer audience comments when they come in and talk about them. So you brought up Lucas. Lucas F. did make a comment and he made a comment about listening late in episodes. We're getting late in an episode. And Josh, you and I often say, if you're still listening. And Lucas was saying he loves when we say that because it feels like it's a segment just for him. So Lucas, thank you for listening. If you're still listening, 45 minutes into this episode, this segment is for you. So comment down below, hit us up, let us know you're listening. The other thing, we got a hot take in the comments, Josh. And some confirmation for my hot take a couple of weeks ago about how beach players are failed indoor players. Andrew Costa is uh, reaffirming that hot take and doubling down. And this is going to hurt you, Josh, I think. This, might, this one might hurt a little bit. As he said, men's beach in the past Olympics would have done better if more indoor guys had switched over to beach. Does that hurt? Is that a hurtful one? So the last roster, if some of those athletes would have transferred over. So friend of the show, TJ. TJ wouldn't have helped us. Vigris. Ooh, maybe Vigris. Shawan, I think, Vigris is the obvious would one. would be a sick beach player. Have we ever seen him serve receive a ball? <laughs> no. So I maybe. Mean, we'll put him in the maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I haven't. <laughs> uh, Shawan, I think, is the obvious one there. I think that he could play any version of volleyball. Who else? Gord. Gord would probably pick up Beach pretty quickly. Yeah, like if he switched to Beach, Gord, Perrin, and Graham Vigris, Beach partnership? Okay, Costa, I, I think mean, I'm getting on board with them. I'm picking up what you're putting down here. This is, yeah. that's That's a tough team, you know? 
They could still do it. They could both pull a Sarah Pavin and do it. You should call them, Josh. <laughs> Comment below if you have Gordon. their numbers. So let's put it on the internet. And everyone can call them and ask. If you're listening, Gordon Graham, contact Josh Nickel. We need we need you because Andrew Costa says we would have done better and we want to do better. So thanks, Andrew, for your comment. We appreciate it. And another comment from Luke S. Luke S. on YouTube. Um, friend of the show. Thanks for commenting, Luke. Who, who did bring up a good point, though, and I think probably we should clarify on this show. It's because we've talked a lot and we've ragged a lot on setter distribution. And we actually haven't really defined it. Because setting one guy a ton is a distribution of sets. So what are we actually mean by setting distribution and what are we pissed about in that? So I think I'll offer my perspective because it was asked for, but then I'm curious to see your two thoughts. So for me, the setting distribution is like sharing the ball. What I mean by that is sharing the ball amongst the team. You have a high distribution or a low distribution. And when people talk about it, my perspective is that they're talking about sharing the ball, established middle, you spread the offense basically. Um, but it is a good point that like setting only one person is a type of distribution and maybe it's the best one. So we should check ourselves a little bit on that. So what we complain about is people who say, oh yeah, spread the offense, equal distribution of sets, and then never do it is what we complain about. Who say, oh yeah, setters have a tough job. They got to think about the distribution when they're just setting one guy and it's really easy. So that's my perspective, but maybe I'm off. You two have any thoughts there? I think it makes sense that you're going to set your best attacker the most volume, but the the ones we're making fun of the most, Garrett, literally in the 70s and 80s in total attempts in a U-sport match, like I think we can agree that that's a bit outrageous that there's other athletes that could have got a one-on-one, a higher percentage thing. The, the percentage one is an interesting one. Like if a piece of paper is made of 1% recycled materials, is that a recycled piece of paper? Like I think there's got to be a line here. You can't just say, yes. you know, distribution, like 2% is still distribution. No, it's not. So I I think as long as the other team has to go into a timeout and talk about more than just what Garrett May is doing, I think then you have a game plan, then you have layers, then you have distribution. But if it's just us versus Garrett, I, I don't know if that's a very good game plan. But I think whenever we bring this up, the question is, well, did they win? And I guess they did win when Laval set Max 82 times and UBC won when they set Neves and Dahanik like 70% of their volume. So, I mean, is winning the only outcome to really measure if a setter had a good match? I don't know. I don't know the answer. Al, help us out here. When you talk about distribution, what are you meaning? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, I, I really like Josh's comment about that. Like, I, I think that's a really interesting and provocative comment. You know, is a setter having a good game if they just got an outcome? I mean, absolutely. It just, it depends. I mean, I fully agree with you said who's hot, right? You go to your best player, especially, you know, depending on the situation, but Setter distribution to me would mean, you know, just like where is the ball going and what percentage of the time is it going here, there, or whatever. And then after the game or after, you know, you sit down and you have a discussion about what you thought about it. But I mean, so if you won, do you question any of the setter distribution choices? If you lost, does that change things at all? Like, I'd be curious to be in on some of those conversations. Those are my comments. Yeah, well... So maybe we should be clear then. We're talking about people who talk about equal distribution, who talk about spread the offense and then set one one person. Like that's 
that's really what we call into question. But like, say, if you were to say, yeah, no, I talk with my center about distribution all the time, low distribution, like one, one person, our distribution is like 90, 10 for one player. And that's our distribution. Well, I mean, that's, that's accurate, right? Like the yeah. match you brought up earlier, the Brocky of T match, like the middle going 14 on 16, like at what point during the match are you not saying like we need to get this person more touches, right? Like obviously they're at a high efficiency on like a pretty medium to low volume. Like th those are situations versus what did you say Falardo got? 43, 44 attempts? Like I, I don't get me wrong. Man. I know the math says the outsides are always going to get more volume, but if your middles are the most efficient zone, they're getting a one-on-one -on -one basically every single time. Should we not find a way to get them volume even though Matthew Neves is the best player in the gym? Like, I think Matthew Nice could be more efficient on less volume would be my argument after he hit 73 balls in that one match. I think it's a fair argument. So sounds like we're all talking about the same terms now. So, Luke, I hope you're getting a sense for what we're talking about. We should quantify it with an objective or an adjective, though, when we talk about it. Equal, high, low distribution. And you know what? It's a fun one to talk about because if we ever see yeah. somebody get more than 82 sets in a game, well, we're going to call it out. Like, we got to go for that. So keep your eyes peeled, everybody, and comment down below if you ever see that happen. Well, I mean, the 82 thing also comes with time of year, right? Like we're talking like first semester. If somebody needs that to win a U Sports quarterfinal, then more power to them, like ride the wave, try to get the win. But we're talking first semester games here, Garrett. And Max, after he had 82, didn't he get 40 the next day and said he couldn't feel his arm for three days? Like there's a little bit of a progressive load and looking at the length of the season here where, yeah, I don't think anyone's ever said equal. I think we we're talking about just more distribution, but never, never equal. That'd be crazy. Okay. Well, there you have it. Okay. Have we solved that? Have, are, have we addressed the comments? Are the, are the, are the listeners and commenters happy? We, we won't know until they comment down below, letting us know they're unhappy. We won't Derek know until second semester. Several times though. I don't know that I'm going to justify Derek's comments with a, a valid response, but he did last week suggest that I get clown of the week for my attempt at a British accent last episode. And I don't appreciate that. I'm very proud of my British accent, Derek. So, okay. Why don't you meet me where I live and let's hear your British accent and then we'll make a call. Okay. So that's a little bit of a sharp cut that uh, hits close to home. So let, we're not, we're going to move on from that. Um, and uh, I should have said this up at the beginning of the episode, but I didn't. So that's my bad. But Al, Alex is a doctor. I, I, like, not a medical doctor. I, 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 it sucks that I have to say, feel like I have to say that. Because when people hear doctor, they think, no, no. You're a doctor. Dr. Alex Cron. Okay. So you've done, an, you've now just done 54 minutes of an ethnographic research piece into sharp cut. Did I get the terminology right? Uh, ethnographic would be a bit dra uh, dramatic. That wouldn't be the appropriate methodology here, but I, I see where okay. you're going. I'm doing really what I'm doing is a qualitative study right now of content okay. analysis of, of what's going on. Okay, so a, qual a qualitative study, content yeah. analysis of sharp cuts. She's been yeah. subtly, we didn't talk to her, but, but it's obvious she's been subtly collecting data on us this entire episode. And I think Josh, we've talked a lot about this. We need to defer to the experts in the data for this show, how to get better and improve ourselves. So we've had some sensitive moments. We've had some laughs. We've done some sharp cuts. We've done some weak sharp cuts. So Alex, curious your thoughts near the end of the episode for the people who are still hanging for us. Take us through really just 
just your 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 what's the data on us and what are some of the conclusions we can take from sharp guts what's the data on you wow well i mean i think it, what's interesting is in my most immediate observations okay just yes what's been shared is you know there's a real sense of passion here uh, for the sport of volleyball i mean in and hidden and shrouded by all the humor and all the a sharp cut energy is just actually, you know, two people who are clearly really passionate about volleyball and love what they do. And I think that's really neat and special and um, who have found kind of different personas for themselves and ways in which they like to go back and forth. And actually, I see quite a, a, a wonderful partnership between the two of you. You seem to actually balance each other quite well. So um, that would be another thing that I would just comment on as well. And you know, the content is, is interesting. Um, Yikes. Yikes. Okay. Before we move on, let's unpack that. Okay. So passion. I mean, that, that, I'll, feel, I'll take that. It feels good, Josh. Right? You got to feel that. Even from you, the softball guy, you're just feeling passion. That's great. <laughs> partnership. Well, like a, like an intimate partnership. Like, like jo you're saying Josh and I are like, we're, we, have, we form a passionate partnership. Okay, so sorry, those two words were used separately from one another. No, I'm combining them. No, okay. I've got maybe okay. I shouldn't. Okay, yeah. I mean, if, if maybe you are in an intimate relationship, and so that's that's up to you. Um, I happen to know your significant other quite well, uh, Garrett. Um, but I would say that I would say that your like your energy, the way you feed off each other, and then the way you just outright don't feed off each other at times, like it's it's quite humorous. It's interesting. It, it keeps people probably on their feet, right? I'm sure there's a reason that your followers and people listen to the show. And I think part of that is actually your dynamic. So that's more of what I'm saying. Wow. That, I have no way to interpret that other than that's really nice of you to say about us. <laughs> that people watch potentially because of our partnership, Josh. Doesn't that just, come on, our partner, you and me, buddy. Are you not feeling any emotion right now? Buddy. Partner. I've got the Are you, man? She's our partner, dude. And she, okay, personas. So you're saying Josh is putting on some fake persona right now? You're not being genuine with us, Josh? I Garrett, I feel like this show is like our true personalities with the volume turned up like an extra five. I think. Like I think sometimes we're a little bit uh, outrageous or a little bit extra just to get an opinion out there. Where I, I think it's kind of the core is there, but there's a little bit of charisma mixed in, a little bit of enthusiasm. That's a bit of a boost, I think. I'm glad you think that. This is actually my true person, and every <laughs> other moment of the day is my true personality turned down to about a five. <laughs> so it's actually the reverse. So, I mean, this is good data, Al. This is good data. So this is all great stuff, though. But it can't all be good. <laughs> well, I mean, just given the way that some of my comments already have been perceived, like, I'm not interested in providing a full, like, sociological critique of, of what I think because... Uh, I it's, just, a, it's a risk. <laughs> it, yeah, like, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how that's going to be interpreted, nor do I think it's really necessary for this... <laughs> for this kind of content. So I'm just gonna keep my, that part to myself if I might. And if you wanna follow up and talk about it after, we certainly can. No, we, we fully appreciate that. Um, yeah, like as much as we like the critique, <laughs> but a full burial, I think we'd, we'd rather. Ooh, ooh, we're, we're, 
we avoid that. A full burial, though, the, that sounds kind of aggressive. It, you know, it's one way of looking at, um, you know, information or feedback is a full burial. Um, and I think, too, it's also there's a bit of a piece on the person who's delivering the feedback to also deliver it in such a way that's more helpful rather than, you know, shutting you down. So that wouldn't be the way I would choose to deliver it. But yeah. Okay. So, Al, we get to the end of the episode, okay. and we haven't done this in a while, but, I mean, we asked you, obviously, I hope our listeners are taking away from this episode that we threw Alex, a doctor, into a situation with two guys, just the tumultuous winds of people really just putting on two personas, and Al, I don't think you cracked, like, you just kept it above, like, the whole time. The entire time, like kept it straight. So I hope the takeaway is that, wow, this is a really well-spoken person dealing with two two crazy guys. So with that in mind, how do you think it went? <laughs> how do I think this episode went? Yeah, how do you think it went? Like, or am I rating it on a scale of like one to ten? Or like, am I giving it like a hot, cold medium? Or like... Hmm. Josh, we've never really talked about a, a scale for evaluating. No. No. Maybe, no. No criteria? Like, how do you... Yeah, well, we... Because here's what happens, Alex. Let me give you the... This is what normally happens when we ask people how it went, is they go... They give us lip service. <laughs> ah, okay. They say, oh, yeah, it went great. It was a blast. I'd love to come back on. Like, basically, every time... Every time, they give us kind of the... And maybe it's true. I hope it's true. But also, it's a bit tokenism, you know what I mean? So, feel free to give us that one as well. I mean, we'll take it. But we, scale. Yeah, like, is this is this a high-quality episode for us? Or did do we need to rethink and come back next time and perform better? Yeah, again, I think it really just depends on how you're defining quality. And until you mm. are really clear on what that quality looks like, then I, I don't know if my comments matter much um but i will say that if you watch this episode back i mean i think i've been smiling this entire time so my face hurts actually and i am just really appreciative to have my face hurt because uh yeah i don't know if i've smiled or laughed this much regardless of why i was laughing you know i think that's i think that's important so i i would say that's certainly a measure of quality so well i mean we'll take it josh measure of quality we have a me- ah, measure of quality. Absolutely. Let's take that to the bank. So, I mean, if you're still listening, <laughs> how, many, how many times should I say that and then see again, like, there's several levels of if you're still listening. There's like the, the people who, anyways, if you're still listening, hit that subscribe button because we're getting dangerously close to number of episodes, number of subscribers. So we definitely need that help. And if, if you're still listening, you're probably subscribed. But if you're not, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Comment down below. Let us know. What helps the podcast, Josh? I feel like, did we not have like a joke earlier that if, as soon as like the episode passes the subscribers, we would cancel it? So that's what's helping the podcast right now, Gary. We need more subscribers so we don't have to stop Yikes. doing this. I feel like we're Yikes. eight episodes away from being canceled. Yeah, we, we're no. That's exactly how many episodes away from being canceled. How did you you check the subscribe? Did you check the YouTube job? Are you sad now that you know that I'm one of the views on the YouTube? <laughs> my sadness is outweighed by my happiness that you checked on the YouTube. My partner, you're my partner, Josh. You're my partner, guy. Okay, 
Well, we better end, better end this episode because uh, we got to start working on. Oh, sorry. Uh, we can we can go back to the start. How they can help the show is by uh, choosing to be a sponsor of our our shirts for Clown of the Week, and they can officially buy our friendship with friends of the show, which will appear <laughs> on dozens and dozens of hoodies that we will then distribute to the volleyball community, Garrett. Well, we we weren't clear though. Like, we should bring it up next episode as well and be like, what are they buying though? Like. Be- because like some people have like a group that they want to put their they could get their logo on there but like just an individual we're gonna accept money and we just put their name on the, on the sweater like are we gonna do that <laughs> buy your name on out like that seems weird that seems very weird that like just Dimitri could be on the back of the hoodie <laughs> like, yeah, no like, context like. yeah like just somebody's name like but a list of names no context <laughs> just on like the a Jeff Stewart autograph. Yeah, like just Jeff Stewart autographing it would be like, yeah. Well, we should just put that on anyways. Jeff can do that for free if he wants us to send us a PNG. Oh, no of free his, ads. Of his transparent no autograph. Ads. Listen, okay? We're going all out here, Josh. Don't be hesitating here. We're going Clown of the Week sweaters. Okay? Gosh. All right, enough of that nonsense. Um, Al, thanks for joining us. Um, appreciate you sticking through uh, with us through thick and thin this episode. Um, it was great having you. And, uh, and I'm thankful that we're leaving on a note where we can coexist in this space for the rest of the time that you're here. So I think that's the real positive for both of us. Um, Josh, we care a little bit less about because we, <laughs> we don't have to be with him. So thanks for joining us. Um, Josh, thank you as always. Anything else we want to leave with the, with the fans? All right, great. Thanks for having me. It was enjoyable to be here. My face actually hurts from smiling so much. So thank you. Well, we hope every listener is in the same situation. And thank you so much for listening. So that'll do it for this one, and we will see you next time.